and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Be a Better Bard uh, podcast. I'm your co-host, Burley. And I'm Alex. And today we're talking about the Grateful Dead. It's just that for a half hour. Yeah. Um, no, we're talking about the undead. The spookies. Oh, my bad. I got them mixed up. <laughs> Jam bands are really spooky to me, so. I got. I don't have a follow-up joke for you. Yeah, it wasn't a good setup. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, uh, I got a little bit. You got a little bit? Yeah, I think um, we both got a little bit. Yeah, did you do your patented uh research in an extra little bit about the history of undead yeah so there's not really like a set history on this just because every culture has their own kind of undead things going on so i can't be like that was the first undead it's kind of always been around um the first use of undead the actual term undead Uh and the sense that we're talking was 1897's bram stroker's dracula Before we do anything, let me tell you this. It was out of the lore and experience of the ancients and all those who had studied the powers of the undead. When they became such, there comes the change, the curse of immortality. They cannot die, but must go on in age after age, adding new victims and multiplying the evils of the world. And it goes on and on, Van Helsing, just (laughs) listing off shit. It's this big, like, dramatic reveal, like, Dracula, spooky. Um... Prior to that, we did use the word undead, but it was much more literal. Just meant alive. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it, was, okay. it was more of a, <laughs> a medical sense. Was it, He's not not dead. Sure. <laughs> um, if you were to classify undead, I think the easiest way would probably be splitting between living corpse and incorporeal. Your living corpse is going to be your zombie, your lich, your dragger. Your vampire, your mommy, uh-huh. you know, the they got the fleshy gook. And, and then the, the incorporeal, you've got ghosts, banshees, poltergeists. Exactly. They can walk through walls and do all that stuff. Yeah. I would th- I would throw in a subclass for incorporeal and say that there's vengeful ghosts. Ghosts and then that, Kitty um, Pride. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the vengeful ghosts are gonna be your ghosts that Typically, they die a wrong death, and they kind of want vengeance of some sort. Uh, Every culture has their own version. Nine times out of ten, they're going to be lady ghosts. Uh, Ancient Rome had the Lemures. Greece had the Caress. China had the Mogwai. Japan has the Onryo. Like I said, everyone has one. Okay. Uh, In terms of how something becomes undead, there's so many. Um, And that's by culture, right? Yeah, it's like um, one culture for vampires. If a cat jumps over your grave, you're a vampire now. Sorry, a cat jumped over your grave. (laughs) Um, Improper burials. um, Maybe you were buried at an incorrect angle as for uh, the droggers. uh, I've I've heard that one. Yeah. If If you're buried face down, you become a vampire. Yep, or if you're just at a like slight tilt, you're not completely laying flat. If you're like at a like seventy five degree angle, means it's easy for you to get out of your grave. <laughs> wow. Um, could just be you were a dick. If you were just a dick, you'd come back something dickish in the afterlife. 
And then there's also Charon not getting paid. Uh, Charon was the ferryman in Greek and Roman mythology. If, uh, typically, when someone died, you'd put a coin in their mouth or on their eyes, and that was going to be your fee to pay the ferryman. If you don't have some fee to pay the ferryman, you were doomed to walk the shores of the River of Styx for 100 years, and then he'd come back and pick you up for free. But for those 100 years, there's a good chance you didn't want to just wait on the shores. You can come back to the real world and be a dick to people. Interesting. Yeah, and that's kind of a brief overview of the undead. Awesome. Um, well, I think since my the uh, topic that I researched is more that era of stuff uh, where you left off, um, is it cool if I go first? Jump on in. Awesome. Well, I researched Imhotep, the mummy. Um, I learned, I don't know, I feel like I learned a lot about this character, even though there's so little information <laughs> about this character. Um, okay, so, uh, Emotep was a real guy who existed in the 27th century. He was a wisdom author, he was a physician, he was a high priest to the sun god Ra, um, he was also the chancellor to the pharaoh Jose, and he was the architect of Jose's pyramid, which is like one of the oldest pyramids. It's a step pyramid. It's like uh, an architectural masterpiece for the time. Um, so uh, way back then, here, here's the thing about the olden days. Uh, there weren't as many people in the world as there are now, and way less people wrote anything down. So it's really hard to talk about like any contemporary writings about a real person um, because it was also illegal for anybody's name other than the pharaoh's name to be written down. So we only know that Emotep existed really because there was a uh, bit of graffiti on the wall uh, of the second pyramid that he designed um, that was just like Emotep uh, checked out this pyramid every day. Basically just like signing off that he was the supervisor of the project every day. Okay. So it's like the, the, the checklist when you go into a Target bathroom to make sure it was clean. Exactly. It's, it's a bureaucratic signature. Um, it's, it's so funny. It's just so, so silly. Um, but it's, but it's, that's the other thing is it's not a signature. So like he had to have told somebody else to go sign something for him. It's ridiculous. Um, anyway, so basically right there, uh, that's like the end of the historicity, like the end of what we know actually happened. That's it. Um, he might have, there's like strong uh, evidence to suggest that he might have been the first architect to use columns as a support structure. Um, so he, he had maybe invented columns, but we don't know for sure. Um, but about 2000 years later, after he died, um, there's a cult that uh, is starting to gain prominence that worships, worships Emotep as the god of medicine. At this time, the Egyptians and the Greeks, they were doing like business with each other and also wars on each other and stuff like that. Um, so the Greek and Egyptian culture was starting to mix and they mixed the facets 
of Emotep with the Greek medicine god Asclepius. Um, so their stories sort of mingle together from there. Uh, from that, we know that Emotep was born as a half god, half mortal, and um, uh, bup, bup, bup. and uh, because he was such like a smart guy in his life, such like a cool guy, um, he basically gets promoted to being a full god. So he's like the smart guy version of Hercules. Rad. Um, he did have a forbidden love named Ankes Anamon, mm-hmm. who uh, died of totally natural causes. Like, we have no reason to think that anything bad happened to her. Um, but Imhotep attempted to raise her from the dead, and that's forbidden. And so his punishment for trying to raise somebody from the dead was being mummified alive. So he's a really good guy who just tried to bring his girlfriend back to life, and then he died. Thousands of years later, 25,000 years later, <laughs> we're, uh, it's 1932. Emotep suddenly awakens in the mortal realm once again. And he looks in the mirror, and he looks kind of like Boris Karlov, uh, who was a popular actor specializing in monster movies. Um, but he also kind of looks like Arnold Vasloo. So one of those two, he just sort of like that. Um, he spends 10 years pretending to be human. Uh, he like wears makeup to cover his like gray brown mummy skin and bandages and stuff. <laughs> and he takes on the persona of Ardeth Bay, who just like is this Egyptian guy who I think he goes to London and just like pretends to be this Egyptian socialite um, and befriends uh, or yeah, sort of befriends this museum curator. Um, and then he sees a woman that he believes is the reincarnation of Anke Saramon. And then he kills her so that he can attempt to re-erect, uh, to resurrect her with his lover's soul. Uh, but the woman, before she dies, I guess, she prays to Isis because she remembers her past life and cool. how she used to be a priestess. A um, downgraded life. I know, right? So she prays to Isis, and Isis is like, oh, snap. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out. Um, and starts a fire that ends up killing the mummy and turning it to ashes. But but the woman dies anyway, I guess, somehow. Um, and so the son of the museum curator that brought Emotet back to life then brings the woman back to life. No big duchy. Anyway, uh, mixed in there a little bit, there was also um, this beautiful SUV of a man who was like the Egyptian Kratos, and he had a ton of magical weapons and armor that were all themed like scorpion stuff and he was involved a little bit but that's a different <laughs> story and that's the the story of emotep he was a a really good guy who became a good god and then just he fell in love with a lady and uh just ruined ruined some days because of it but i mean really you know he only tried to kill one person he was just trying to bring his girlfriend back. A lot of unnecessary people might have died, but he was just only trying to kill one lady. All right, so you were you were focusing more on the universal mummy then. Uh, the universal. Well, so what I did is I took, inform like 
the the old mythology and the universal and well no 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 not the universal no 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 the universal is the brandon fraser one right no like the 1930s like boris cloth that's that was universal oh okay well then whatever i i mixed them both together like i i basically read the story of the old one but i watched mummy returns yesterday and the mummy and the mummy returns is just the original movie split into two movies they just like did a hobbit to it (laughs) um I, I yeah, but the the stories like line up pretty similarly. Anyway, uh, this is all real. This is all true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just tried to mix everything I could find into one cohesive narrative. That's fair. You get the gist of mummies. Yeah, I tried not to use names and dates and stuff as much as possible because, you know, it's a narrative. It happened to Emotep, not to a bunch of movie directors. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was Emotep, and now we're we're in sort of modern times. Do you want to do your one? We are. So um, we are doing The Crow, um, based off the 1989 James O'Barr comic, the, but we're going to be focusing on the 1994 film, directed by Alec Poiras and starring Brandon Lee, because I see dates and names, Burley. <laughs> I've never seen this movie. I know nothing about this movie other than the fact that it exists. I'm so excited. So you were not an angsty middle school or high school teacher. Oh no, I was poor and weird. Oh, this is this is the angstiest of the angst. Oh no, I could no. I was poor and weird, not angsty. All right. Well, the movie starts with this voiceover because someone died in the filming of this, so they had to do a lot of voiceover to fill in gaps. Uh-huh. uh-huh. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, something so bad happens that a terrible sadness is carried with it, and the soul can't rest. Then, sometimes, just sometimes, the crow can bring back the soul to put wrong things right. So, taking a look at that, that's kind of a weird, like collaboration of a bunch of myths like I couldn't find a set myth that did that they just kind of picked and choose I think they just thought the crow was cool and they're like we're going to make this work Uh Um, most likely it's probably a cross between um, the crows and the ravens in uh, um, Norse mythology they would be heavily associated with the Valkyries who would go across the battlefields to collect the souls of the fallen warriors right and Charon, who I mentioned earlier, the fair man on the river of sticks. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything where he had a crow with him, but he's often drawn sometimes with the crow. So I think that's just um, creative liberties being put. Sure. Anyways, a man named Eric Draven. That's right. Raven with a D in front of it. Oh, God. <laughs> Eric DeRaven. DeRaven. And his wife, Shelly, one day are brutally murdered. Um, They uh, are signing a petition saying that they're living in unsuitable uh, slums and they need the city to step in and fix the slums. Well, a gang comes in and murders Eric and then rapes and then murders Shelly. Wow. A year later, Eric Draven is resurrected from his grave by the crow. Um, by an actual crow. By an actual crow. 
just like a bird yep. is the bird itself a special bird or just that it's a crow it's it is a crow that at this point kind of shares powers with eric i'll get into that it has, okay it shares crow powers <laughs> it shows crow powers <laughs> okay okay so, so we got we have an undead boy he was uh-huh. would be considered i guess a living corpse but I guess a lot of his traits fallen with vengeful ghost. We'll just go with a little bit of a little bit of everything on this one. He's uh-huh. dead and angsty. So Eric uh, returns home, puts on some cool goth makeup because you know vengeance, and yeah, then goes yeah. out to the city and starts hunting down the gang of people that murdered him and his to be wife. Um, he uses the crow to find the first one, Tintin. Because now he has crow powers, he can has a crow vision, so he can send the crow out and see through the crow's eyes. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Finds Tintin, shouts a bounce of poetry at him, then kills him, and he basically does that the entire. Just the rest of the movie, he goes out finding the people, killing them in cool ways, shouting angsty things. Pretty fun. Uh, oh my god at each of the 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 people he gets his revenge on he does leave a calling card of some sort uh the first one he takes phantom thief yep yeah (laughs) he takes tintin's blood and draws a crow on the wall um one of them's a meth addict so he stabs him a bunch of times with meth needles and makes a little crow of needles on his chest it goes on and on wow at some point, he does come across this orphan Annie motherfucker named Sarah. Um, they kind of took care of Sarah back when they were alive, but now they're not alive, so they can't take care of her anymore. And she's like, I miss you guys. He's like, but I'm going to die soon. You can't miss me. Ugh. And he also comes up, he also teams up with Sergeant Albrecht. And Sergeant Albrecht is played by Ernie Hudson, who is Winston from Ghostbusters. Not important. It's just fun. So, you know, Winston from Ghostbusters is in this edgy movie. Yeah, I'm glad Winston from Ghostbusters got to be in another movie. Yeah. So when he comes across Winston from Ghostbusters, he has another power that he pulls out. He has the ability to absorb people's emotions. Absorb? Yep. So apparently Sergeant Albrecht um, <laughs> was, <laughs> was in the ER the entire time with Shelley when after they found her, she was still kind of alive. She was in six hours of surgery. She didn't make it. And Sergeant Albrecht was there the entire time. Okay. So he was able to, like, like not feel all her pain, but he was there. He understood. And the crow was like, I'm going to take that pain and use it for later. So he absorbs the pain. So he gets to witness his wife dying. Yep. And, okay. Yep. So eventually he kills the four douchebags that killed Shelly. And he's like, I'm going to go back to my grave now. I can go back to dead but another douchebag comes along named top dollar turns out he was the one that ordered the people to go kill eric and shelly top dollar kidnaps sarah and then he's and then the crow's like never mind i have to go back and be a hero oh, God. but top dollar figures out that if you shoot the crow the actual crow not eric um then eric is vulnerable to death so they shoot the crow, flutters off, blah, 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 blah. They have a big fight on top of a church while it's raining. Okay. And then Eric is able to 
reverse absorb feelings and emotions and he uh-huh. gives he becomes the giver he gives all the pain of shelly's death to top dollar he feels bad and falls off the cliff and then he returns to his grave the end it's like the edgiest like movie the, ever made and i love it it's like the edgy version of the green mile yeah exactly oh my god all right but yeah just general powers of the crow um He's invulnerable. He can, you know, take knife wounds and bullet wounds. He's got some crow vision and uh, power absorption of emotions. Oh, you forgot his strongest power. Yeah, poetry slam. Poetry slam, of course. Yeah, he's <laughs> he doesn't need to absorb anyone's emotions because he's going to make you feel emotions first through his words. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, wow. What a, you know what? I'm glad I've never seen that movie. <laughs> How dare you? It's, you know, I think it's the ultra violence that you describe. I, I, I wouldn't want to see that. Yeah, it's super violent, super angsty, good soundtrack. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure that you like the soundtrack. You like metal and well, stuff. Well, it's like, no, it's like stuff like Hole and Soundgarden and Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. <laughs> That's not my, my biz. I never got into music like that. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're not friends anymore. Just a little bit. <laughs> we can be casual acquaintances. Okay. <laughs> we can be co-hosts. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, do you want to... We're just pacing along. Yeah, we're... Do you want to dive in? Yeah. We're, uh, or... we're making up for time for the long-ass last episode we did. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, so we're making an undead. Aren't we going to do the compare and contrast yet? Oh yeah, compare and contrast. I didn't. I didn't take notes because I wanted to listen. So, um, okay, yeah. So what are they? What do we have in common here? Well, I think the obvious one is they're both undead of some sort. Um, they're getting their powers from some sort of god entity, although that god entity is vague in each way. I guess not so vague in the mummy; it's raw. Um. Well, in raw, I think. Well, I don't know. It depends. It depends. In some in some stuff, he is a god. Yeah. Um. um both of them suffered some serious loss, which is kind of the reason that they're doing everything, or how they got into all their shenanigans. Yeah, and it's a romantic loss. Yeah. in each case. Um, they're both like good people that were just trying to be good. Um, and then they die, and then they're like, "Oh, now I got to do evil things so I can get my girlfriend." And then um, didn't don't you remember the Brendan Fraser movie that he had some power over some sort of animals? Isn't there a chase scene of some sort with like? Well, he controls people. Oh yeah. Um, so in the Brendan Fraser movies, he can control people to create like a mob of of men with like pestilence all over them or something. I think he, maybe he was bringing uh, plagues to or something. Metal. Um, and in the Mummy Returns, there are little pygmy. Um, oh, there's the the dog headed Anubis warriors. The the army of the underworld, but that's c- technically controlled by the Scorpion King and Emotep wants to take control of it from, 
like use the scorpion king basically yeah. or kill the scorpion king and take control i don't know it's really a bad movie i watched it last night it was so hard to follow the plot um it, it's a really simple movie it's just crazy <laughs> anyway <laughs> um yeah i mean I, I i feel like our there there's like a lot of overlap all the main story beats of each of our characters are overlaps yeah sort of all right so i guess let's jump into making a character okay so i mean it are we making it a vengeful uh guy or uh i mean if we're gonna try and make something along the lines of the two things that we reported on that would make sense okay so yeah it's a a humanoid corporeal undead being he's like i'm trying to pull up a list of living corpses and i figure we can try and maybe like modernize something cool so it's not just general dead That'd be fun. Sure. Yeah, we can. I mean, do you feel like so you did just like a humanoid, like a human that came back to life? Um, he's not technically a zombie. He's a, a revivified human. Mine is sort of a revivified human, but just rotting. It's a mummy. Yeah, it's a mummy. Um, do we? How do you feel about doing like a lich? I could be down for that. Um, that's an intelligent humanoid undead. Yeah, so it's like it's like a sentient zombie, but not an idiot, and it also has like magic. Does so it's, it's like an undead wizard. Yeah, it's it's a wizard who was like so powerful that they were able to divest their soul from their body and store their soul in a phylactery, so that if their body is ever destroyed. Um, the soul will still exist and the body can be reformed. Um, so yeah, it's just like a skeleton that is being remote controlled by a soul that is stored somewhere else. I'm down for that. Um, but very much like the crow, if the phylactery is destroyed, then um, the lich can't reform. There you go. Easy conflict. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we'll do the lich route. Um, so, what? Uh, let's let's start at the beginning. What what did our our lich do before they died? How how long ago were they kicking? Out and about. Yeah. Um, were they um, were they a, a priest or were they a, a wizard? I, I guess I'm assuming we're doing a fantasy yeah. thing. Um, okay. Priest makes sense. If we're going to go like a more vengeful route, an undead priest taking vengeance kind of sounds kind of cool. Okay. Um, okay, so it's a priest. Who do they worship? I don't know, man. Now we have to create a god. Uh, no, we don't have to like create a name or a pantheon. Just like you know, the god of this thing. Like, are they? Do they worship a god of death, or do they worship a god of life? And then, 
something happens or maybe they worship some other thing maybe they're uh i don't know the god of fire uh i I don't know i'd be down for like a god of life that kind of makes sense of why they have the general knowledge to be a lich oh okay that makes sense yeah i like that they their their knowledge of doing good things gave them the ability to do bad things more effectively it really sounds like we're gonna be creating ghostwriter really quickly uh ghostwriter well that's my hero that's how i decided i wanted to do creative writing nice uh, oh oh no no no! not ghost rider i'm talking about ghost writer you know where move the magnets around on the fridge the pbs show i have never heard of this oh my god it was a pbs show where there was like a bunch of kids who had a weird clubhouse apartment that they all went and hung out at and there was a ghost that inhabited the apartment and would like spell check their homework and shit. That was the whole show. Just that a, a ghost was bored in the afterlife and being a group of children. Well, but it was it was also like it was also like a Scooby Doo esque thing where they would go out and like be like, oh no, who stole the petty cash box for the dance? And there's like a note but the words are all garbled or something like that and then ghostwriter like moves the letters around they'll be like oh it was billy who stole the petty cash and they can go catch him it's a great show (laughs) and and each villain just left notes with all their shit scrambled yeah it was a bunch of phantom thieves (laughs) It's the perfect program. (laughs) Anyway. We're not doing Ghost Rider. (laughs) Alright, so we have a lich that likes to spell check. Yeah. Um, Maybe maybe he's... Maybe he is like a god... uh, He he worships a a god of like light and knowledge. Um, Just so that we can... So just... He has the he has the magical ability to comprehend all languages when he's an undead. That way, we don't have to worry about translations or anything. <laughs> <laughs> when we make the movie of the fantasy character, um, so let's just say she's Athena for short. Just so we have a general idea of that's the god. <laughs> okay, worships Athena. Um, okay, great. So what, what is he doing when he's alive? Do we want him to be a good guy when he's alive, when he's a priest? Yeah, let's go for that. Okay. (sighs) Um, are we assuming these priests are allowed to have like loved ones or relationships if we're going the ventral route? Um, you know, I, I would assume, uh, a church or a group that's like is like yo we're all about like life therefore you know baby making yeah i don't but but if if the church if the church is a fertility church then i don't think that um i don't think that like monogamy would be such an important part of it 
so him having a like singular romantic interest that is what his, is becomes his driving force i don't think that fits with like a fertility god is that too <laughs> is that okay yeah. keep working um but i i do i mean maybe maybe his whole um maybe the clergy is wiped out maybe something happens and you know all of, he's he he is wanting to revenge his church yeah okay so just the whole temple is taken on by like barbarians or something yeah yeah um and yeah i think that sounds good yeah and that way you know adventurers um you know can can come and get him later Okay, so he, um, yeah, so barbarians come, they're sacking the church, everybody dies. Does he die, or is he left alive, or? I would say he dies. He does fully die, so if he was a good guy up until the moment he died, why would he have prepared his soul to be removed into a phylactery oh yeah that's how liches work they have to like put you have to yeah a a lich is a willing thing you can't create a lich a a lich has to create themselves uh so i guess they don't die then so or or maybe they've they've already done the process of becoming a lich like maybe maybe they had already prepared it and nobody else knew, but what what would be the driving force behind that if we go yeah, that, that route? That wouldn't make sense. We're assuming before the sack, this person is a good person. I can see, but the sack I, I it kind of so. makes them snap, so they start planning their revenge in the form of becoming a lich. Maybe, or um, is it too? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this could be sort of interesting if if we saw it in a in a game, like if this was a being used for a tabletop game and not like a movie mm-hmm. or a book or whatever. Um, if instead of like barbarians sacking the church, just like the quote unquote barbarian um, religion converted his entire church over. And that's why he like vows that his God is also a God of vengeance or (laughs) something. Um, And then becomes a lich to wipe out the followers or the, the um, infidels who left his church, who maybe, uh, maybe because it's a God of knowledge, they left and took these like secrets of their culture to this other culture. Um. And they need to be punished for giving away their God's knowledge. And so in, in our guy's mind, he's like a divine retribution lich. But to everybody else, he's a bad guy. <laughs> How does that sound? Yeah, that could work. Okay. Um, is it a guy or a girl? Uh, if- I mean, are we, were, were they a, a male or a female? Priest or priestess? Oh. Uh, and I'm thinking human. Yeah, that, I think that makes the most sense now. Okay. Hey, Siri, flip a coin. 
<laughs> if it's heads, it's a lady. Okay. I said, Siri, hey, flip a coin. <laughs> Never mind. This iPad is shit. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's... We're just make uh, a lady. Okay, okay, a lady, a priestess. Eventual priestess. Okay. I mean, once the skin falls off, right? Like, once they're a skeleton, who cares? Um, they're a being of, of wrath and destruction. Um, okay, so... Okay, yeah, so maybe... So uh, the, the flock leaves... Um, she goes, oh, snap, nah, dog, nah, and starts prepping her soul to be removed, um, but it takes a really long time. So she ends up becoming, like, an old lady who is, like, you know, the crazy old woman who out- still yeah. lives in the church. Yeah, The temple is falling um, apart and no one visits it. Exactly. It's not haunted, but um, it may but- as well be haunted. Yeah, and maybe, like, nearby villages they don't um like bring sacrifices to the temple anymore but they still sometimes bring food for the woman um so like when that makes it even more tragic i guess when the nearby villages are sacrificed for the lich's undead army or whatever okay so because they weren't they weren't bad people okay so she's gonna go hardcore I think so. I think they that she uh, she wants to kill all the converts, and the nearby villages are all um, they all converted, or or maybe not like the entire village. Like if if a household still bears the mark or something like that, or whatever. A day. Um, yeah so we probably don't want her to go too old just because I feel like her vengeance should be directed at like maybe a set person or a group of people and if she's like old at that point then it's more of just a general group of people hmm. okay yeah because you don't want you don't want her to outlive those people. Otherwise she can't take vengeance. Yeah. Unless she was old to begin with. Okay. So maybe like she prepares the soul, does the rituals. Maybe it takes like a few years long enough that, you know, people are surprised by it. Um, But then she has to like, you know, kill herself and mix her blood with whatever to complete the ritual to come back with the powers. Yeah. That magic sauce. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so since we're doing a lich, uh, I think we've got like a good story. Like we we created a a good enough villain for a tabletop game. Yeah. Um, stuff can can come through there, and you know, pick like spells and stuff based on the party composition to give them a challenge. You know, exploit a weakness, but also make their strengths feel like they, you know, earned them. Anyway. Um, Let's design the phylactery. What is what's what is our lich's phylactery? What is their soul stored inside? Now, 
a phylactery, would this some be something that it, normal storage would be, or could it, like is a phylactery more like a horcrux where it can be anything? Um, <clears throat> so I think in fantasy stuff, it can be anything. A lot of times it's a, like a gem or, you know, a, a holy symbol. Um, but, uh, in non lich terms, the word phylactery is often used, um, as like a small box that you store. Like, I think it's in the Hebrew faith. It's a small box that you store, a a passage from the Torah, like a little scroll with a passage from the Torah written in there that, um, like to help center your prayer, uh, you like hold the box to your forehead or maybe tie it to your forehead, um, to help concentrate your prayer, I guess. Um, so that's a phylactery. It's, it's a, it's a spiritual focus. Got it. Okay. So it can be anything. It can be anything. The, I think the real world thing is, a specific religious item, but in fantasy stuff, it can be anything we want. I'd, I personally would like it to be, um, something that can fall into the wrong hands. Like, um, like maybe they store their soul in the phylactery, but the ritual doesn't go off properly to bring the body back to life. Um, so now there's this item that, you know, then we have like somebody stumbles upon this amulet and they put the amulet on and it like puts the soul or something like, I don't, I don't know, yeah. like um, just so that so, an unsuspecting person accidentally brings the lich back to life. Yeah. And I'd say something also like that's in the temple tied to the goddess in some sort of way. Like yeah, if they have maybe, like a headdress um, of the goddess. Okay, sure. Um, oh, okay, a head a headdress. Is it full? So it's a god of life and light and knowledge. Um, could just be like a, a nice like about... tiara or something. Okay, sure. All right, that's cool. Yeah, nothing too big, so it can go into a bag if heroes need it in a bag. Maybe it's um, maybe it's like a living wreath, um, because it's like a god of yeah. life. Um, so maybe it's like a, a, a wreath that is constantly alive, but maybe because the church has fallen into disrepair and nobody worships the god anymore. It's just like a wreath of sticks. Um, And I'm thinking because it is such an innocuous item, like if it's something that doesn't have a ton of value, um, the person it would come upon would be like an innocent person. Because if it was like a golden necklace, like we could have like a grave robber or a thief or something, right? Um, But maybe it's like a child or... um, maybe like two teenagers who like ran away from the local farm and snuck up there and they're going to fool around. And like the boy gives the climbs up and gives the, the wreath to her something as like a romantic gesture, but it like, you know, I don't know, kills her immediately and her life essence returns to the bones buried below the church metal. 
which returns our lich to life and yeah and goes up and starts uh killing people who worship bad uh, god a different yeah. god it, i mean it would be it would be like a completely different pantheon right it would be like the norse pantheon versus the greek yeah. pantheon in this histor or uh fantasy context whatever that would be yeah, whatever fits your fantasy world if you're using the character. Um, okay, I, you know, I think this might just be a short episode. Yeah, we really blasted through this one. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think that um, non-player characters, like villains and stuff like that, I think that they are much simpler to design. Yeah, I mean, even like our just our research stuff, this is normally when we're done with our research section. Yeah, I guess that's true. We'll we'll treat people to a short, a nice compact episode. We, you know, or maybe we're just getting better. Maybe we're just better at trimming the fat. Who knows? Um. Well, yeah, I think that we should we name our character. Oh yeah, what's her name? Uh, it's not like we're running out of time. Um, uh, I like Vienna because I'm currently drinking a Vienna lager. Oh God! Okay, <laughs> I was for a second. I was sure you were going to say currently drinking a Vienna sausage can. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, I was all ready to about to rest. <laughs> That's the chaser. Oh, oh boy! Uh, one time at summer camp, uh, we were doing like a relay race thing, and I was a little fat kid who cried too much. And so they were like, we can't let him do any of these events. They're all physical. But the very last event, I think that they designed it especially for me because it was who can eat an entire can of Vienna sausage. (laughs) (laughs) And I sliced my fingers open on the Vienna sausage can trying to get them out and did not care. I muscled through those sandwiches, uh, through the sandwiches, through the sausages, so you won. and didn't even notice. Yeah, I, and and like brought our team the victory, and um, it was like a hooray, lift him up on the shoulders moment. But uh, I couldn't do it because a counselor immediately noticed that my hand was bleeding, <laughs> and my whole team celebrated as I was getting taken away to get bandaged. You proud of that story, Burley? <sighs> It's such a sad story. <laughs> oh, that's such a sad story. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, I gotta call my therapist. <laughs> um well everybody listening, thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us for the sixth episode of Via Better Bard. Um Alex, do you uh wanna give us a topic for oh, next shit, week? I didn't even forget to look damn it, it's my turn to fuck this up now. It it is your turn. I actually made a list. I do. I'm of, pulling up the list right a now. Bunch. Okay. Awesome. I've been really curious to see if our lists uh, like crossover, if we have to like category our our lists. Uh, we are going to do a folk hero. A folk, a folk hero. hero. Ooh, I love that. Ooh, I already know who I'm. Ooh, do. you fancy? Ooh, ooh, I love that. Folk heroes. Okay, awesome. Um, all right, well, yeah, if uh, 
you like the episode uh, or you want to share um, a character that you made, um, why don't you go ahead and send us an email at beabetterbard at gmail.com. Uh, you know, like and comment and whatever, subscribe, share the podcast with a friend if you can. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you or talk to you. We'll tickle your ear. Maybe, who knows? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, probably at, at you know, the way things are going. Um, do you have anything you want to no, throw I got out? nothing. I've done absolutely nothing okay. with my life for the last two months. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> God, it it has been like two months, huh? Unfortunately. Oh, we got God. at least another month, we, it sounds we, like. Dude, it's crazy. We have been doing the podcast for like almost two months. Yeah. We are recording our sixth episode right now. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever done six of anything. They say if you, do, if you put out more than four episodes, you surpass than, uh, than most, most people do for a podcast, so. We are the champions, my friends. All right. Well, now I have a reason to celebrate. I'm going to go buy a bottle of Andre. And That's the spirit. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Alex, I'll, I'm sure, talk to you in a little while. I'll talk to you throughout the day as I'm editing. But everybody else, we will talk to yeah. you next week. And so until next time, remember. Wash your hands. <laughs>